Good morning. Welcome to the Bar Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved anywhere in the world by, going, by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, all your emails, and um, I can respond to them. I thought about something while I was saying that, and so I forgot what I was about to say, thinking about something I wanted to say. Isn't that amazing? I forgot about the numbers. Um, oh, what I was going to say is, I looked at the video from last Sunday <coughs> service, and I realized when I speak, I hardly move my lips. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And I think that's a southern thing. And so I've been constantly trying to do it. <laughs> And now my face all sore up here. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like unused muscles. <laughs> that is a, Maybe it's a future as a ventriloquist. I guess, man. It's just lazy speaking, I think. I'm like, wow, I had no idea it was that bad. Um, I want to talk to you about, uh, the Bible talk about the last days. Oh, let me tell you this. For the last Six months or so, I've been using the word evil and the devil, you know, of the devil and stuff like that. And I've noticed the people on the Internet and places having a hissy fit about that. They're like, there's no devil. This man is crazy. There's no evil. They're like really, really upset about it. And it just reminded me, uh, the Bible talked about how Satan has no power at all. Uh, the power has been taken away from him, so he has no power over us at all, right? None. But he is a deceiver. If he can deceive you, he'll destroy you. Oh, you'll destroy yourself. And one of the clever things that he has done is cause us to forget about his name. Satan, you know, pointed out that this is evil, the act is evil, you know, or Satan is controlling you. And you rarely hear that now. So when you don't say that to people, they rarely notice themselves. They don't really take a look at themselves. But if you say, this is evil, that you're evil, it'll shock them and cause them to look at themselves. And I think that that's why Satan has done that. Gotten rid of the word evil. Oh, you're just bad or, you know, there's something else. Because you don't really look at yourself if you don't think of yourself or your act as being evil. Have you noticed that? And there are, there are a lot of evil things happening right now. And it's happening under deception. It's, it has a cover over it so you don't see the evilness of it. And I'm thinking, wow, that is so interesting. When I was growing up, we heard the word evil and the devil you know, uh, even my grandmother, sometimes when she would yell at her, go set your evil self down. That's evil, <laughs> you know. And it just reminded us, you know, what was really happening. That it's not just by chance that these things are happening. And it's not just something bad. You know, it's not just, it's, you know, you see the destruction in it. And I think we need to get back to that. We get, because it does cause people to look at themselves. When you say this is an evil act rather than, oh, this was bad or how awful, how, whatever word we use. We got to come back to words that would awaken us to the spiritual aspect of what is happening. The deception that's going on because many are deceived and don't really realize that that's what it is, that it's deception. And in the Bible, it also talks about the end times and be aware of them and what's going on. Watch so that the children of God can be protected from the end times with the things that are coming on. But I've always had this impression that the end times meant, yes, they would get, things would get bad, but the Christians, all you have to do is be outside of the house or the building and wait so God can take you up. Have you, you heard the Christian waiting for that, right? I remember I used to work for a hospital years ago now. And there was a Christian woman there, really into the Bible. And she would always say, I got to make sure I'm outside. 
because things are going to get bad and the Lord is going to take me up. I got to be out in the fields, right? And so I've been kind of waiting for that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm just a silly. And because when the awakening comes, I don't think it means that you got to be outside, going to be taken up into the heavens and all that kind of stuff. I think that we'll become more aware, spiritually aware, conscious one mind with God. Um, I want to read something. I'm not sure which way to go with this first. I think I'll ask a question first. That's normally what I do. And uh, because I like feedback. And so I like to get some feedback about some things. Have you noticed? Are you aware of the end times? Is it like a pair or no? Yes. It is a pair. Oh, it is a pair. Uh, give me an example Ed, of it I, being. I am a, not aware. You're not aware of it. I don't even think of it. I oh, think, you don't. I think it's all those crazy people I see on TV. You know, <laughs> I have no, I have no interest in it, no knowledge of it. I think it's a lot of hooey, and I think that all the people that think about it all day long are nuts. That's what I believe. <laughs> I second that. Yeah, you do too. It That's messes you up your head, man. It messes up your head. Absolutely. Yeah, and why? Why would you want to go to work? <laughs> It's, it's, fun, it's fun doing well at work, making money. Life is good. Yeah. You know, and why think in terms of that stuff? Plus, you know, anyway, I could go on and on. I won't. And so just don't be aware of the last thing. And you say you second that emotion? Yeah, I pretty much think the same way. Instead of uh, worrying about the, the end days, it's just uh, regardless of it, if it's the end days or not, you just live in what you're supposed to be doing right now. Oh. Well, he doesn't want us to worry about it. Or he he about just, it. in order for our protection, he wants us to be aware, to notice, so that his cho- children can be protected. Yes. Uh, yes. That's you, you pay attention to that? I, I, I pay attention to what the Bible had to say about the end times. And, and so, I'm not living like it's going to be the end because there's nothing you can do about it either way. But you can at least like, oh, yeah, I can see why this writing is here and that writing is here. You know, the handwriting on the wall kind of yeah. idea. You know, you see the people being more hedonistic, more bad, and that's just been a predicted thing. So yeah. It's not like you you need to be all <coughs> caught up in it, but you still can see. That's true. So you do pay attention to that. Well, I just... I don't pay attention to it. I mean, I pay attention because I've seen it in the Bible, and yeah. then you see the people acting out like, like evil is just oh, that's just normal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you're like, oh my God, that's. The thing I'm concerned about is that it's getting so bad. Like it's like Pandora's box, right? Once you put it out, it's hard to put it back in. And things are just getting so bad without anything stopping it that my concern is that it it have to end in destruction. Because even in your own personal life, if you just go through life doing the stuff you do, not observing, not correcting, the end of that is destruction because you're not building on a good foundation. When you build on a good foundation, then the end is good. But if you're just building on a bad foundation, it can't help but be destruction. You know what I'm saying? And then it gets so bad that it almost looks like it's, it's impossible to put it back. You think, wow, how, how are you going to put this back? How do you, you know, awaken it, uh, people, so that it can come back to order? And I think that's another reason we need to pay attention. So that, I don't know, it's just crazy. I'm going to give you some examples here in a minute. Yes, yeah, so, you paying attention to end times? I, I, uh, I, I never was. Uh, I used to be kind of um, all wrapped up in evil and stuff and noticing it. And then I realized that's what I was fascinated now. I pulled away from that. But now I can see. I used to wonder, how is Armageddon going to take place, with, you know, where people all over the world are going to take sides? And I see it happening now everywhere. You see the good and the bad people. So you just see things happening and you realize, oh, that's in the Bible. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't go around thinking, oh, 
gun is shot, this person, and this is end time. I don't think of it that way. I, I know what you mean, Mary. You know, I just don't think end time. I, I think, wow, how did that happen? That's amazing that something like that is happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when you read the scripture, it is a reminder that these are the things that we need to be aware of. Yeah, and how did America become what we are today after, you know, just a few decades ago, we were like so different. And, and it's interesting because these things cannot lead to good. It can only lead to bad. It can only lead to destruction. Like an angry heart, heart that is not renewed can only lead to destruction. Like death. <laughs> it's amazing. Goodbye. But it just, it's weird. It's amazing. Yes, Pat. Did you have your hand? Yeah, I mean, some people go into it looking at the Bible first and they look at the verses and all that stuff. You can put that all aside. You can check the Bible after the fact and kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's really mathematical. Uh, at a certain point, evil starts taking over. Good is weaker than evil on the earth, and evil starts to get bigger. And I kind of like it, you know, you like it, it's like cancer or something like that if somebody gets cancer. There's a certain point where, the, where it goes too far, the body, the cancer is spread too far into the body, and the body's going to die, no matter what yeah. you do. That's what's going on right now. Evil is taking over, and it's just proliferating, and mathematically, evil will end up winning, and, and good will be snuffed out. And the only, the only um, way to get around that is by some divine intervention at a certain point. Because on our own, that's mathematically what's happening. And the interesting thing about evil, it really has no power. It just deceives you, and, it, and, and then it puts you in a hole, a dark hole, and it can tell you jump off the bridge, and you just jump. It can't make you jump. It'll just, have you noticed that? It'll just convince you of things to jump. And, and I think that's what's happening in the world, because the world, you know, Satan is of this world. I think that's what's going on here. I want to... Uh, Ed, I want Ed to read some, something for me. About the end times? <laughs> yeah, about the last days. It's, I think it's going to be interesting to you guys as it is to me. I think so. Oh, oh, 2 Timothy 1 through 17. Third, you mean? Oh, 3. Okay. Chapter 3, 1 through 17. At the end there. Yes, sir. All right. The dangers of the last days. You may be quite sure that in the last days there will be some difficult times. People will be self-centered and avaricious, boastful, arrogant, and rude. <laughs> Disobedient. <laughs> Disobedient to their parents, not that. Ungrateful, irreligious, heartless, and intractable. They will be slanderers, profligates, savages, and enemies of everything that is good. They will be treacherous and reckless and demented by pride, preferring their own pleasure to God. They will keep up the outward appearance of religion, but will have rejected the inner power of it. Keep away from people like that. Of the same kind, too, are those men who insinuate themselves into families in order to get influence over silly women who are obsessed with their sins and follow one craze after another, always seeking learning but unable ever to come to knowledge of the truth. Just as James and Jambres defied Moses, so these men defy the truth, their minds corrupt and their faith spurious. But they will not be able to go on much longer. Their folly, like that of the other two, must become obvious to everybody. You, though, have followed my teaching, my way of life, my aims, my faith, my patience, and my love, my perseverance, and the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in places like Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. All the persecutions I have endured, and the Lord has rescued me from every one of them. But anybody who tries to live in devotion to Christ is certain to be persecuted, while these wicked imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and themselves deceived. You must keep to what you have been taught and know to be true. Remember who your teachers were and how ever since you were a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. From these you can learn the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and useful for refuting error, for guiding people's lives, and teaching them to be upright. This is how someone who is dedicated to God becomes fully equipped and ready for any good work. 
Isn't that, is that interesting or what? It's, it's what's happening right now. I know it. And I, I want to talk about this because I really want you to, um, to be prepared. I really do. Because this thing can sneak up on us. And because we can just kind of shake it off as not that important, uh, you know, as long as you don't bother me, fine, right? But if you're not watchful as to what's going on, and then you're not spiritually preparing yourself, it's going to destroy you. It's absolutely going to destroy you. It really will. And it's just happening. It's happening. I want to give you a couple examples. And, I, I, you know, because I do a radio show, I hear a lot of news and a lot of things that's going on. And one is that I, I, last week a story came out that in the military uh, training that men are being made to put on a pregnant vest as though they're pregnant and, and, and breasts, breast, like a woman breast, and exercising them and go through basic training so that they can know what a woman feel like pregnant. This is the military. This is not like at the high school or uh, just in regular society. Men are having to do this in the military. I even saw the video of it. And when I, when I read that, it shocked me. It, just, it absolutely shocked me. Anybody heard this story? Oh, you heard about it, right? You saw it. Uh, this is your first time hearing about this, sir? Yes. Why? When you hear, what's your first thought about that? Uh, I just kind of feel like it's really unnecessary. Why would they do something like that? Right. Why is that necessary? Why would the military, where did that thought come from to have these men? And there are men who said they didn't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. But if you're in the military, you got to do what they tell you. Um... When you, you hear that, sir, what do you, what do you think? I think it's sick. Sounds sick to me. Yeah. When I hear it is, it's all of that. But it's degrading men. It's like it's taken away. It's degrading. It, it can bring on anger to oneself. It, uh, it is embarrassing the man. It is. And it should be to the women, too, that see that this is happening. And so I'm looking at these guys going through the basic training, underground and stuff, with these things on, and it's just wickedness. It's just absolutely evil. And I'm thinking, how did that, how did we get to this point in America? And not only will it just degrade the men, but it also weaken the military. And, and when the military is weakened, then we're not safe as a whole, you know, in the country. Their job is to be tough and to be able to deal with anything and protect us, right? If you weaken that, how are you going to protect? Because the enemy who hate us are looking at all this, and they're not just sitting around thinking, oh, wow, look at America. The, the men are now wearing pregnant outfits and women breasts. We don't have to worry about them. They are arming up against us. We are encouraging them to we'll display. It's like anything in life. When you display weakness, you encourage your enemy to take over you, take your life over. And I'm thinking, how did this happen? How, where did, how did we get to that point where the military would do something like that? Isn't that amazing? Yes, yes. That's really something else, man. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. I don't understand. What's the logic behind that? Their, yeah. their, their purpose was to make the, uh, fit, the fitness trainers in the military be uh, be mindful of of what it's like to be a woman pregnant while she's working out and teaching them how to well, work this out. This is ridiculous. It but, is not, not, absolutely I, ridiculous. Men are not supposed to hold be on, like this. Hold on, hold on. This is ridiculous. Hold on. But you don't have to. I can look and see that it's tough without having to put on a breast and a. I, I can see that that's hard. <laughs> you know, my common sense said, wow, that poor lady is pregnant. She's working out like this. Too bad she got to be out there doing it. I don't need to degrade myself in order to know that that's hard, you know? Now, that's the common sense aspect of that. But why didn't that happen when they were debating this issue and decided to do it? Somebody should have said, no, we don't have to put on those things to know that the woman is hard to be pregnant. And it, you can just look at it and tell. Isn't that something? How did we? I want to give you another one. Oh, All right. 
Yes, ma'am. This comes from the Obama administration, doesn't it? To degrade our troops? Well, of course, the, the government, the president has to be okay with it for it to happen, but it did just start these last three years. This degrading of a society has been going on for years for it to get to this point, for it to get to where it is now. You know, and then, but that's how evil is, I'm telling you. If you don't check evil, call it what it is, it doesn't stop. It really doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. Just like with good, if you go with good, good won't stop either. It'll defeat evil, and life will be good. It won't stop. It's a spirit. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we need to start distinguishing between what evil really wants to do versus the stated ideas that they come forward. You know, this was done so that there would be empathy for... That's all nonsense. It's not the reason why it was done. It was done to degrade. Yeah, you know I mean? that's right. So we need to kind of go right to the heart of it. This is what the devil wants. The devil doesn't care about empathy. The right. devil cares about degrading. That's right. But that's... And you're right, because it's unconscious... They make up nice words to make you feel accepted. Oh, this is just about the poor woman. It's about this. That's not true. What's behind that? You know, what is the real deal? What's the real deal? And that's what children of God need to look at. The spirit of what's going on. Because they will dress it up and make it look like it's something else. And then you feel sorry for it. Another thing that I read is sometimes. There's a mother who said that her six-year-old boy demanded a sex change operation. Six years old, demanding it. And at 18 months, he, month, he wanted to wear her underwear. And so she's going to do it. This is another part of the deception. This is not new. This kind of spirit been around forever. But in the good old days when boys were boys, men were men, they would speak to that kind of truth. This is evil. No, this can't happen. You know what I'm saying? They want to say, oh, whatever they say now. And then it just happens. And then the children of God, I guess they just go along with it. I don't know where. Where are the children of God? Because I'm telling you, the greater is he that's in us and he that's in them, that's in the world. And we have the power to change it. The Bible says that the devil goes around the world roaring like a lion, but he really has no power. He has none, but people are acting afraid, and he is deceiving, and it's just one thing leading to another one. And if we don't come out of our coma and, and speak truth to this and deal with it, the outcome, we're all going to suffer for it, each and every one of us. If we're not watching and looking at what's going on and dealing with it, if we walk around asleep and pretend that it's not evil, it will destroy us. Yes, sir. Okay. Are you familiar with the old saying, the price of true, uh, true freedom is eternal vigilance? Because that is something that um, we as a people, not, not only as a people in a nation lacking, but as individuals, we don't want to... <coughs> We don't want to see ourselves for what we tru uh, truly are with our uh, with the sinners, and as a consequence, we um we try to um, uh, hide it by um, going to every possible distraction no uh, distraction known. Yeah. And as for um, as a result, we don't uh, we don't even know who or what we are, but what uh, but we should uh, become what everybody else want, um, wants us to become. That's why our theme this year is don't blame anyone else for what you feel, the way your anger or whatever you feel, because my hope is that if you're not, if you can't blame anyone else, that it will force you to look at yourself. It will absolutely force you to do that because and then you'll come out of denial, then you can be free. That's the avenue to becoming free. Because the moment you, de you blame someone else, you go undercover, you go into denial, and God can't help you. He can't help us when we're in denial about self. We've got to be aware of self so you can see what's going on. And, it's, and, and denial is real wicked. It, just, it, it, it pops up right away to put you to sleep so you don't see what's happening by blaming, overreacting, whatever it does. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was just going to 
was just going to say, I used to, I called your show one day about this, but <clears throat> I used to be in such denial. I didn't, I hated the truth when somebody would be strong with me, you know, telling yeah. the truth. And then um, <laughs> I started changing. And um, you know, I forget my point. <laughs> but the <laughs> That's point indeed. is, is that um, now I see that I need, I need the truth. That's the only thing that's going to save me because, it, and, and I need to be told in a matter-of-fact way, not a, you know, because that. that well, one thing for sure that this is a wake-up call. Yeah. It's a real wake-up call. Yes. Oh, I think I saw here first. Did I see your hand? Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I want to. I want to back step on the military uh, subject to uh, enlighten us what really what you was talking about. Because uh, I was in the Navy, I was in the military. They have a lot of traditions and a lot of humiliating things they do with soldiers and sailors on the ship. Now, when we pass the equator, and they have what they call uh, initiation of shellback. So they make, they make guys crawl on their knees and they whoop them with hoses. And, and they'd be half naked and they call them walk. And they had to pass that initiative. They walked through uh, a bunch of garbage, the food and stuff. And they, they do that. And when you become an engineer, they have you, they grease you down with some grease. They all get together, hold you down, grease you all down between your private. And rough. it's a lot of foolish stuff, but it's not military regulation. It's just them being childish and foolish. Even football, they do a lot of foolish stuff with, with initiates, with rookies and stuff like that. But it's been going on for years. I just want you to know that. It ain't that pregnancy and stuff they got them doing with the women and stuff. They're just another part of their little prank and foolishness that they do to try to humiliate people. But what I want us to understand is the fact that we have a right to make a stand. Because I made a stand in the military on both occasion that I was not going to humiliate myself like that. As uh, a born-again believer of Christ, I was not going to follow that foolishness and was not going to let man humiliate me in that. And I had got to the place I had to threaten the captain that I would personally actually kill somebody if they attempt. That they didn't force you to do it? Huh? Once you said, I don't want to do it, you didn't have to? I didn't have to. What year were you in the military? I was in the uh, early 80s. Oh. Mm -hmm. And from 80 to 84. Yeah. But I didn't have to do it because I made a stand. Yeah. And you don't have to follow what everybody's following. When they say the majority roots, the majority don't root. God well, roots. nowadays things have changed. Yes. Um, majority is not, are not acting as though they are ruling. Otherwise, all these things just wouldn't be happening. And, and now they're happening at a fast pace. It used to be slow at a fast pace. It used to be slowly happening, kind of sneaking up on you now. Every time you look around now, it is just one thing after another. It just one. And another thing that is absolutely amazing to me is that the freedom to speak the truth is being taken away from us too. Yeah. You can lose a job. You can, you know, you get threatened. And because people know that they can lose their jobs behind this or be sued or whatever, a lot of people shutting down from speaking truth. Yeah. And that's another deception that's come from evil because it tells you, well, look, look what happened to John Doe for speaking the truth. They lost their job. They got this and got that. And you think, oh, I'm not going to say anything there because I won't lose my job. You know, I will lose my job if I do. But I say with the right spirit at the right time, forget about it. Don't let material things come before truth. If you lose your job for speaking the truth, God, he said here, you know, you're going to be attacked for that, but he would take care of you. He'll provide, I'm telling you, he'll provide. And it, but the devil would tell you in your head, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? You know, how are you going to survive? Don't worry about that. The truth is more powerful. It has more control. And God made everything. He owns everything. And whether you realize it or not, he can make things happen. But if you hold back, it shows a lack of faith. And if you don't have faith, you don't have a relationship with God. 
And that's what the devil would do. He would, he would make you doubt yourself. And doubt shows the lack of faith. There's nothing on earth that's that important to me that I would not tell the truth. Yes. Nothing. Not one iota of a nothing. And I used to be a coward. I know what it is to be a Christian coward. But he's, 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 he's with us. You know, he's in us. And he controls everything. And he will look out for his own. He really will. He'll look out for his own. All right. Yes, Ray. They want to uh, put women in combat. Put them in combat, and a little louder. They want to put women in combat, and what a lot of people don't realize is when they they take hostages, the enemy has no problem torturing anybody, especially a woman who they don't respect. It's it's bad, and I want to just bring this up so you can watch what's going on and come out of your cloud. Come out of the darkness of your imagination so you can see, because it's going to get worse. There's nothing being planted that is good, so it's going to get worse. And if you're not watching, you're going to be caught up. I went and bought my rock the other day, and I'm going to hide behind the rock. You better be aware. Not be afraid. Not have fear. Don't worry, but at least be aware. And you're going to be shocked at what you see. And how fast it's happening. And it's not going to, I'm, I'm repeating myself here, but all this stuff is happening. The outcome cannot be good. It can't be, cannot. And, yes, Pat. Well, we, we need to watch how this stuff is getting put in, too. Uh, for instance, you know, they put a lot of stuff in under the idea of some new right for someone. Yes. You, know, you have a right not to be insulted. So, therefore, someone says something at work to somebody and... The person who just exercised their free speech is now on the wrong because they just insulted somebody, and we don't have a right to insult people anymore. Yes. So it's always, it's always put under the guise of something good, and it isn't good. It's amazing the type of words they use to make the human being identify with the word and then hold back. It, it, because they can give you certain words that will make you look like you're not a human. Right. You know, this is civil rights issues. This is... Whatever, right? Everybody has a right. And you think, yeah, well, maybe so. Just as long as you don't bother me. But what they're doing will affect you and your life. It really will. Because even not going to just stop with one person. It doesn't just stop. Oh, you know what? I just wiped out Mary, so I'm done. It doesn't stop that way. I, just use, I, don't, I don't mean you, Mary, but another Mary in my head. Yeah, my friend Mary in my head. But... It just doesn't stop that way. I don't want to give you the example of, uh, of how it knows how to operate. Eva understands that the man represents Christ on earth. The man, that the power is in him. That he has the responsibility to protect his wife and children and guide them in the right way to go. That's why, and then it says that when you do that, God said that when you do that, when they go out into the world, they will not be easily deceived. The world can't deceive them. So Eva understand the man's role. Um, and that's why the first thing that it does is to go after the man first. You got to wipe out the Christ's head in order to usher in more evil. And so the first thing that they have done is destroy the family because everything is in that family. If that man and woman is together, and they're watching and raising their children and guiding them and being a good example, when they go off to school or off to work, and somebody say something crazy to them, they're going to know, uh-uh, this is not true. This is not right. But if they're not getting that in their homes, then it's easy to go out there and believe a lie. It's so bad now that it's being disobedient to their parents. I never imagined a day where I could curse my parents out or sit down, mama, and shut up. My mother will slap fire from me. You know, you just, first of all, you just don't think I'm doing that to a parent. You know what I'm saying? It, they fight with parents now. They'll go on the Jerry Springer show and just fist fight. And, oh, this is just the way it is. Look at those bad people. But that kind of action is spread into normal people's lives because everybody says, oh, it's just the way it is. And, it's, and when other children see that, 
they're going to feel that they can do it too. Yes, Wayne. No, I was just going to say that I think a lot of this can be attributed to homosexuality. That they're just, you know, passing all these laws and all these things that you can say and you can't say. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that's where evil is coming from. It is coming from that, but it started way before that yeah. too. Because gay people have been around forever and a day. But because fathers and mothers were together teaching their children the right way, right and wrong, they didn't have the power that they have now to deceive, to make normal people think that this is normal. You know, it would not have happened because the schools would have known that the parents would not have put up with it because the fathers and mothers were there together. When you just, if you want to destroy a nation, you have to destroy the man first, the home life second, and it's easy to destroy a nation. Men, men don't speak up anymore. They absolutely don't speak to the issue. They go along with it, so that's why it happened. Yes, homosexuality is everywhere now. At first they just wanted to come out of the closet. And the worst thing you can do is let evil out of the closet. And now it's at a point, uh, we, we spoke about the Roland Martin guy last week, the guy, black guy on, uh, on BET. He just said something like, nothing, something about a pink shirt and gays. You know, anybody that wear a pink shirt. What did he say? What was that comment? <laughs> it was concerning the, back, the uh, football game. And he just tweeted, anybody that the sport is team and wear a pink shirt, you must be gay or something like that. The guy's now losing his job on uh, CNN. The gays got mad. They, they uh, put, you know, uh, suspended Roland, and he had to meet with the gays and try to tell them he's sorry. <laughs> and he was just playing. But the guy's been just suspended from his job, freedom of speech. He can't say that, but they can say whatever they want. They can just say, they can call us hate mongols and hate, whatever they call them. They don't lose their jobs. But you say one little word, then you lose your job. And then so Roland would become an example for the next person who would like to speak up, but they won't fulfill losing their job. Isn't that amazing? Yes. You said something about denial being so evil. And that's what's the problem or something like that. But I can't really tell that I'm in denial. I can tell that I hold back all the time and I'm weak or have blind spots. I can't tell <coughs> I'm totally blind. And I can't really see what I'm doing as instances of denial. Very good question, man. I think... When I was in denial, I didn't know I was in denial. I, I had no idea that I was in denial because no one had ever, point, never, ever pointed it out to me. And then I felt emotions and I felt all the other stuff. I was going to church, I read the Bible. I had no idea I was in denial. And so how do you, how do you come out of denial if you don't know you're in denial? <laughs> you know? And it looked like somebody playing a trick on us. To like put us in denial and we don't even know it. And you're suffering through life not realizing that you're in darkness or in denial. Um, anybody here know how to know when you're in denial? No? Yes, right. When you make an excuse about something. Exactly. The best way to know when you're in, that you're in denial is when you come up with excuses. That's exactly what it is. Oh, I didn't speak up because I was afraid. Or I thought I'd lose my job. Or you made me do this. You made me mad. Don't make me mad. You know, that's denial because no one can, can make you what you're not already is. I think that's the right way to say it. That's the wrong way to say it, right? Well, that's the black way of saying it. I can do it. Whatever you are. Oh, that sounded so black. No one has made you be what you already is. <laughs> but it sounds so white when you say, no one can make you be what you already are. What you already are. No. Doesn't that sound better? It sounds normal. White on the inside. No, it 
but you got my word that a, per, a free person do not have denial. They'll come up with excuses. He or she just sees what's going on and watch it without excuses, and that's where freedom is. If you have fear, you notice you have fear. If you have anger, you notice you have anger. And Satan will try to tell you, oh, it's somebody else's fault. But you, you're separated from that now, and you know not to go with that. Don't make, because as long as you are out of denial, you know you're going to be fine. Excuse makers are in denial. And they come fast, too. <laughs> the quickest thing you can get is an excuse. And the interesting thing about it is not you just coming up with the reason. You just can't see that the deceiver is giving you a reason. You, the real you wouldn't make up a reason. Real you want to see it so you can be free. But he'll give you a reason, and if you're connected to that darkness, you go with the reason, and it feels right. It feels like it's your excuse. God said to Adam, what have you done? And Adam said, oh, it wasn't me, it's the woman. The excuses. And as a result, we all suffer. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And we wouldn't have to go through this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so shouldn't we have some conflict from it at all? From what? Are we, are we that deceived that we don't even have conflict from the excuses, from knowing that we're in denial? Uh, excuse makers do have conflict. It just comes in a different form? Well, they, they cover it up with different things. Mm -hmm. But you do have conflict. An example of that conflict is that you look for love. You feel like you need to be loved. I need somebody to love me and me to love somebody. Uh, you got a party. You know, whatever you do to cover it up. But excuse makers do have conflict. Non-excuse makers don't have conflict because they're willing to just feel the pain of being wrong, to see that they're wrong. They're not running away from it. So they do have conflict. It, just, it comes in a different form. It may come down the line, so it's not right there for you. That's why you don't notice it, maybe. Well, even if we you notice it, though, even if we notice it, we still don't think of it as, I'm in denial, I'm making up excuses, and I have conflict. Right. Right. You know, we don't think of it that way. That's why God said, think, know thyself, think on these things, because he <laughs> wants you to see what's holding you back in life. And it's you and your denial. Your father, Satan. It's really not you. It's just that the God that you serve is deceiving you because we serve one God or another. It just feels like it's us, but it's not us. Isn't that amazing? And I wanted to say this so you can look at the world around you. So you can, as it says, the dangers of the last days. We are headed for a major fall. And don't worry about it, but be aware. Watch and be aware. And don't be in denial. Oh. Well, yeah. What was the scripture again? It was 2 Timothy chapter 3, three. Okay. 1 through 17. That's why it's so important when you pray, it's important to be still and let the truth reveal itself to you. And he really will reveal himself. And we have... We have a teacher within us, and this teacher will perfect us, educate us, provide for us, protect us. He will, really will do everything for you. The sad thing is that most preachers and teachers don't know about the Holy Spirit teaching you. They think it's just something that come later and you shout and dance with. They think that they got to go to school and learn the truth and learn this. They really think this. I'm interviewing these people on my show. I never thought I would see the day when a preacher not know that the spirit is in us and it's his job to point people back to the power within the Holy Spirit so that you can trust that spirit and trust no man. Be taught by that and not by someone else. They don't know about it anymore because the school's are making a lot of money. Preacher schools make a lot of money. One guy called my radio show and said his wife went to preacher school and it cost her $60,000. And they lost their house and everything else behind it. He was like, I need help. But they're, they're teaching you this not because they're trying to help you, but because they're trying to take your money. They're trying to feel powerful themselves. They don't want you to be an individual who is guided by the truth and, and you're protected from them. They don't want it. 
And the best way to do it is lie to you, make you feel good. Yes. Uh, on tonight, I want to uh, point out a very uh, significant point. Denial starts when we don't accept responsibility for our action and for the action around us. When you deny your responsibility, when you start taking responsibility for your action, it's, and, uh, that's when you can erase denial. But we don't want to be responsible. We, we want to be that little one that want everybody to think I'm the good, quiet, sweet person because that's selfishness. We want people to, to think of us as being somebody important. But when you deny yourself, you take responsibility in how you care about people, how you treat people, what you say to people, and how you react Make a to long story short, boy. He's a grown man. He's talking short. like that because we good friends. <laughs> I, I understand. But in, uh, when we start taking responsibility over our lives and being accountable for it, then we won't be in denial. And that's a point that I want us to, to understand because a rascal going to be a rascal. People are going to be what they're going to be. But it's your action that you're going to have to give an account for, not another person's action. Let me say this. It just occurred to me. One thing that happens when you don't, can't blame anyone else for what you are, you allow the Holy Spirit to kick in and cause you to repent. It really, it causes you to repent because you, like I said, you have nothing else to hold on to because blaming someone else is like holding on to something else. You know, it's like a false sense of security, right? But if you have nothing, you're left open so that the spirit that's in us, it really does kick in, causes you to see yourself and repent. Then you can enter into that kingdom and start living. You can't even do that on your own. You just have to come out of it now. Whatever pain you feel, whatever anger you feel, whatever, whatever, just let yourself feel it. And this ain't going to be talking to you. You remember when this happened or when that happened? Pay that no mind because he is, he is a deceiver. So pay it no mind so that the Holy Spirit can kick in and his, his power is greater than Satan's delusion and he will cause you to repent. Because a lot of people think that you can repent just by saying, I'm sorry, or going down to the front of the church and accept, accepting the Lord, you know, that kind of stuff. That doesn't happen. Because it's a spiritual change, and there's nothing you can do of yourself except come out of denial. When you're out of denial, then God can work with you. But when you're in denial, Satan works with you. And I want you to just try to see what happens. See what you feel like not being able to blame someone else for what you feel in life and what you go through. And yes, things happen that try to take you down, but if you're not hating it, blaming someone else, you can overcome anything, absolutely anything. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay. James, did that help? Kind of. I, I don't think of myself always as making excuses, but especially after the fact. I, in the in the instance of like when I'm supposed when I kind of know that I'm supposed to be saying something, I do kind of have an excuse like I, in the sense that I'll be listening to the uh, self doubt and the hesitation. Yeah. Um, and so in that instance, it's an excuse. But then yes. afterwards, I'm like, I was just scared. Yes. But but even though I even though I don't. I, necessarily make the excuse for it afterwards it seems like it still is amounts to that same denial because I never changed it does and and I understand what you mean when you say you don't think of it as being in denial and and the reason that we don't think of things like that because we're not paying close attention to ourselves I mean you're right we don't think oh I didn't speak up because I'm making an excuse I'm in denial but you need to start thinking. That's why it's good to pay attention because you'll start to see what you're doing and why it's happening. Because if fear should come and you didn't go into denial, most of the time you still can do what you need to do. 
you still can speak up. But to now also give you outcomes, false outcomes. Say, you know what, if you speak up now, you're going to lose your job. Or you speak up now, someone's going to yell at you really bad, you're going to look embarrassed. Um, you know, it tells you all kinds of stuff. I remember, and then I'll take your hand in. And I've talked about this story before. I had a, a, a station wagon, and it was insured by Allstate. And one day, it was raining at night, and somebody hit my car at night and took off. When I went out the next morning, it was all damaged, right? So I called Allstate and told them, and they said, well, do you have the other person likes to play in and all that kind of I'm like, no, it happened while I was in the house sleep. And they said, well, we can't do anything about it because you don't have their insurance, you don't have anything, the car will park. And I said, what do you mean I have insurance? I, I haven't know who did it, I'm in the house, right? And so I, right away, they were like, you know what? That car is lost, you know, nothing you can do. And I thought to myself, there has to be something I can do. I'm paying all this money, and it has to be something. This doesn't make sense to me. So I made a picket sign, and I went down to Allstate by myself, and, I'm, and on my way down there, I knew I was going to hold my picket sign and just walk right in front of Allstate, <laughs> and, you know, saying that I got screwed by Allstate. <laughs> but on my way down there, Satan telling me, you're going to look like a fool, you know. What? <laughs> and I'm thinking, maybe I should take somebody with me there, right? Yeah. <laughs> You had two fools out there, right? <laughs> and you feel better when you have a fool with you than being a fool by yourself. And so I'm th- he told me all this stuff to make me not do it. But I had no other choice because I couldn't help it. I was in the house. Somebody hit my car and ran. So I got my pick aside. I just walked in front of Allstate yelling out, I got screwed by Allstate. And my son said it too. And then there were people coming by to go in there, they would stop and talk to me. Well, what happened to you? And I would tell them. And then at the end of the day, I know we'll forget this, it was on a a Thursday, and Friday I had to go get a haircut. And so I said to them at the end of the day, and I had to walk them down there for hours. (laughs) And believe me, at the time, I didn't have the sense that I have now. I was listening to my thought. I felt embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. Because you look kind of silly, I thought, out there with a picket sign by yourself. And so at the end of the day, I said to the, I yelled in the office. I said, I'll be a little late tomorrow coming back because I get a haircut. It's Friday, but I'll be back. And the first thing Friday morning, they called me, before I could hardly wake up, 8 o'clock or so. They're like, Mr. Peterson, Allstate has decided we're going to take care of you. You don't have to worry. And they paid me off, and they gave me more money than the car was worth. There you go. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. And from that point forward, I have no problem going out by myself picking it. <laughs> None. No matter what my thoughts tell me. I have no problem because you take a stand for what is right, you'll win it. But if you came into that, more would happen. And I, I learned a lesson from that. And had I gone in denial and said, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to look like a fool. I'm not going out. The, the issue would not have resolved in that way. And I would have lost, would have lost. Satan is not your friend. He's not going to ever tell you, you know what? Go and stand up for something good. You'll be all right. (laughs) I'll be with you. You're not going to look like an idiot. And I I told my friend James about that. He had a problem with his car, something different, but problem with the automobile uh, company. And he had no, you know, resolution for it. And I told my sir, I said, so get a picket sign, go out there by yourself, and they'll help you. And even though he said he's scared of talking to his dad, he went and got his picket sign and went out there and did it, and he won. They changed their mind because he was in the right. You got to take a stand for righteousness because I'm telling you, if you keep quiet on this, this thing is moving fast, and we're all going to be affected by it. They're, they're taking away our free sp- freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, our families. Uh, the world want to control our families. They want to control what we think, what we eat, where we go, and how we get there. Everything. This is America. This is a Judeo-Christian nation. We have the power. We should not be losing. We should not be losing our families. We should not be letting the education system corrupt our children. We should not be 
let these crazy psychologists and whatever they are tell us what to think and do. Those people are nutty as a fruitcake. What to put in their lunches. Yeah, they have no, but we just do it. Also. They say we can't have a peanut butter sandwich, but we can have jelly. We just put a jelly sandwich in there. <laughs> we do what they say. That's crazy to me. My children can eat what I want them to eat. Nobody up there or anywhere else going to tell me what to do with my kids. If I don't agree with something, I'm going to stand up and say, no, I don't agree with this. If I, I may have to go to jail for it. Fine. And God is with us. He really is with us. But he can't do anything if we don't take action for the good. Yes, ma'am. I understand that there are some people that they take a full responsibility how to feed their kids, what to do, and what's good for them until they become a grown man. But there are some people, too, I think majority of the people, that they need someone to lead them because they don't take a full responsibility. They might not um, take it serious what to feed to the kid. And I think that might be little helpful to those people to push them to do that because they may... I I understand what you're saying, but the best way to teach someone to be responsible is set them free. But that kid that, is not, it's not the kid's fault that has a unresponsible or stupid I understand parent. That. I understand that. But what, what people don't know, and we used to know this, if a parent is left to be responsible for their own kid, parents love their children, they'll snap out of it. Because when you don't have any, when I came to California, it was just me. I was 18 years old, and it was just me. Coming from the plantation of Alabama, never living in a major city like this, I came on my own. And people were telling me back there in Indiana and Alabama, oh, what, what are you gonna do in California by yourself, you know? I wanted to go out on my own, be on my own so I can learn. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be living in a safety net and just be afraid of life. And believe me, I went through hell. I used to live at a motel on Adams Boulevard near Crenshaw. And that motel had so many roaches. <laughs> I probably ate thousands for breakfast and dinner. Uh, and I'm not making it, it was a little motel right there. But I was okay with that because I'm on my own. I had a roof over my head. One thing I've always been able to do is make sure before I got high or anything else, I had a roof over my head. <laughs> Because they taught me to work and take care of myself, right? But I was, and I went, I made so many mistakes. I remember one time I bought, I was dating this girl, and I was such a fool. But she was like, oh, acting like she loved me, <laughs> and she didn't. And she said, oh, I need a car. Oh, no. I need to get to work. I need a car. And my foolish self went out and bought her a car, and the day that I bought her a car, we broke up. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> she just wanted a car. <laughs> and I was in Alabama. I was so cheap. I would never give anybody money like that or anything. I remember I was dating a girl in high school. Her name is, I can't tell you her last name, but her name is Willie B. And I was like so into Willie B. I just wanted her, right? And one day she asked me for a quarter. And I think I like the 10th grade or so. She asked me for a quarter. I couldn't believe that girl asked me for a quarter. I broke up with her. I was like, she just want my money. <laughs> I broke up with her. And she'll tell you that story right now. And I couldn't believe she wanted a quarter for me. I just wanted love. I didn't want to be giving away my money, right? But uh, my, my point is, when I moved to L.A. on my own, I had nothing else to rely on but me. And it's weird. It brings out the best in you. But people don't know that. They have forgotten that. And they'll make up excuses where if we don't do this, this is going to happen. The best thing to do is to teach people how to go back to God in them and let God guide them. He's in all of us. And if we have nothing else to rely on, we'll have to rely on him. But people make up excuses. We're out of time. Oh, man. We're out of time. How did that happen? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663.
That's 1-800-411-BOND. <laughs> 